Today is May 30th, and you're listening to A Day in Music, episode 14. In this podcast, we're talking with Phil Broikus about his album, 12 AM. And today we're going to focus on track number 12, Nothing Left Anymore. Phil, my man, what's going on? Same day, different <laughs> me, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Your lack of enthusiasm really is just kind of, you know, getting me jazzed, man. Uh, this is a big deal, though, right? This is a this is a very special day for the podcast. This is a big first. Yeah. So today we we have a guest. We have a guest interview. I think I'm nervous, George. I think I'm a little nervous because I got my friend Gary Lamar with us, and uh, I think I'm just a little bit nervous not to not to be a complete idiot in front of him. I think I'm I'm very critical. So that's <laughs> <laughs> Gary Lamar. I feel like we should have like one of those applause. <sighs> Gary, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're from Rochester also, right? I am, yeah. Mm -hmm. So obviously this whole project, you recorded on it, so you know about the project and everything. So was this something that you had ever done before? Because you didn't go to like Phil's studio, right? Did you record on your own and then... Yeah, I, I'm assuming I did. I record everything that I do pretty much myself. So I think so. But we sat together. And spoke, you know. Yeah. Oh, you did? So you guys got together and, and kind of talked it over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phil, what was it? You emailed me and I was like, this is interesting. I don't think anyone's ever just like emailed me out of the blue and be like, hey, will you work on the song? And I listened to the song and I was like, ah, I don't know how I feel about certain things in the song. <laughs> so I, I emailed Phil back and I was like, I'll participate, but I want to talk about the song. So we like got together to talk about the song <laughs> before I ended up participating. I've known Phil for years and years and years. He is new to you. So I have to be honest, when you met Phil, what were your impressions of Phil? My first impression of Phil was that he was very tall. Uh, He's a giant. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a giant. He, he's a giant man that wears bow ties. Oh my gosh. <laughs> He looks like Bill Nye, the science guy. <laughs> that was my first impression. That's awesome. I, I remember when he was starting to approach this song, I remember sitting down with him and he's like, come here, I got to play something for you. And I remember him being very genuinely excited about hearing your stuff and about contacting you and it all worked out, which is awesome. So when you sat down with Phil and you know he told you the idea of the piece with Diana Nyad and this whole thing, what inspiration did you take from that in terms of what you got to contribute? And because you you pretty much wrote everything you rapped, right? I mean, it wasn't stuff that Phil wrote for you. No, no. It was things that I had written. Not prior. It was things that I wrote based on our discussion about the song and my understanding. But I I I, <laughs> I remember writing the verse and then sitting with Phil and like going over the lyrics and him being like, what does any of this mean? <laughs> uh, like he didn't. And I, I thought it was very. <laughs> I, I thought my entire verse was extremely self-explanatory. So you were talking about, you know, what the song was about and how I received that. I think my understanding of it was very different than Phil's. I think Phil's, if I'm remembering correctly, was pretty literal. And my approach to writing the lyrics was not. It was more, what emotions does this story bring into play for me and then when is a time in my life when I felt these emotions and then that time may have nothing to do with the actual event that the song is about but the emotions are the same you know 
Phil, what was going through your head when you guys sat down? Do you remember back that far? You know, I think for me, I always have sort of these weird preconceived ideas of what something is going to be. And if it doesn't fit my preconceived idea, then I'm like, oh, well, it takes me a minute to, to adjust. So just to go back for a second, I initially thought that this should be a woman rapper. I actually tried to hire somebody before I found Gary and it was kind of a struggle. And so once that didn't work out, I, I'm really not connected with the Rochester music scene. And I just started looking on Bandcamp and I did a search with Rochester in it looking for, for hip hop within Rochester. And I can't tell you like how much of the stuff just sounds the same to me. And it, there's nothing very creative about it. And I heard Gary and I just, I lost it. Like I, could, I couldn't believe this guy was here in Rochester and, and just kind of still undiscovered. Yeah, it must have been super strange for Gary to like just get a message from me out of the blue saying, hey, I'd really like you to be involved in this project. I mean, I'm not sure how I would react, but he was he was very generous about it and and he's like, "Yeah, like let's let's try to make this work," which I totally appreciated. At that point, George, as you know, like I was I was already hooked on his music. Yeah. Um the and the first album he did that I I I totally fell in love with was called Self Love. Um so many great tracks on that. Since then, he's put out a couple more albums, and he's done different projects with different people, too. All of it, just awesome. Gary's not just a rapper, but clearly, if you listen to his music, he knows what he's doing in terms of arranging and producing, and he's worked with other people to help them along, too, with their music. So if we could just take a couple minutes to play one of the songs that he did that I, that I really love. It's called The Gift, and it's from his 2018 album called Letters. All of it available on Bandcamp. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. This is The Gift. It's been worse, it's been better. I ain't the one to front like I'm all together. But long as we all together... It's all good, I ain't well fed Never mind living in the hood I got good friends, never mind drifting in the world I ain't living cause I'm living through the word What you heard? <laughs> yeah, I'm living through the word It was written, I be ripping Prima beans don't burn in the kitchen If my fish don't fry I be ten miles high when I'm ten toes deep In the beat on repeat Let the peace of the pulse flow And I'm gone like I went for the gusto And I'm on like I went for the wind On the wing of the wind I ascend I don't ask why I came, I was sent it was him There's a scent on him He don't break cause he bent on it Tough as nails, stiff of lip Take a punch like the crimson chin How's the show? Oh for show, it was really lit Claw took the music, high as it could get Sounds right, heard he's real legit First time was confused, but I got the gist Boys got the gift on giving see i write just to keep on living to decipher the right from the wrong i give life to a song to decipher the wheat from the chaff i go deep in my bag spend a week in the lab turn the beakers to beacons from nothing to masterful pieces from empty to beautiful meaning 
I said it, I mean it, I meant it This process and method to madness Or not Could be Bach, I'm Bachin' now Probably both, so it goes Where it ends, no one knows I'm open till final repose For guidance, I follow my nose I'm open till final repose For guidance, I follow my nose I'm on it, I'm at it I'm dropping the baggage I'm all set for travel They calling me chattel Never do answer I defy the cultural cancer They calling me sick with the system disease These labels I never do heed Defending the order That's leaving you slaughtered You slaving and barely can breathe Manipulate what you think you need How about that? You about that? Life passed upon is a water sea How about that? I'm about that time It's about damn time Good growth, I'm about that grind Found out there was nothing else but that bullshit High up on the shelf, got my eyes on the prize The horizon is mine long as I'm alive On the road, hold high your head There's a rose on the road ahead On the road, hold high your head There's a rose on the road ahead Gary, that was <laughs> that was fantastic. Thank you, man. Wow, that dude, that was. I mean, that was uh, that was beautiful. That was great. You know, I I think the thing about Gary too, it's like his instrumentation is so unique. His style of rap is to me so unique. I mean, I'm admittedly not terribly well versed in the hip hop world, but to me, he sounds very unique and different than 90% of the stuff that I've heard. Gary, I want to ask you a question. You are, you're actually a drummer as well. Is that right? Yeah. Drums is my first instrument. Uh-huh. So you play set, percussion, all that? Uh, well, I mostly play drum set. That's what I'm most familiar with. I played, when I was in high school, I played in a wind ensemble. So you have like the big bass drum, you have the snare, you have marimba, timpani, that kind of stuff. So I did some of that in high school. But, you know, drum set is what I play on a regular basis. I loved what you did in terms of the drums and the percussion and everything happening in your song. But I guess what I want to ask you is, being that you're a drummer and, and that's, your first, that's your first instrument, that's how you sort of feel it. When you start rapping and writing lyrics, do you hear your rhythmic pattern that you're rapping do you kind of feel it as a groove similar to what you would play? And then you kind of start overlapping words on top of that? Or I don't really consciously work on the rhythm first as if I was drumming. I'm more like, what do I want to say? But there, you know, there are different approaches. So that's one approach. That's like my first most natural approach. You know, it's like, okay, what am I trying to say? And, and what's a good pattern? for for this piece of music there's another approach that you know i try and take sometimes where it's like okay here's a piece of music i like this rhythm what words can i fit into this rhythm that's great i'm looking forward to checking out some more of your stuff but for anyone listening out there go to Bandcamp and just put in the search gary lamar l-a-m-a-a-r 
I I consider Gary like a buddy and a friend now, but just listening to his music, it's really I don't know. It's just it, it's crazy how much of a fan I am of his music. I just love what he does. I think it's so completely creative, and um, I guess I've separated him as the artist and him as my buddy like because i think of him as my buddy but when i listen to his music like jesus this guy's so awesome (laughs) it's it's great man it really is beautiful let's pivot back to the whole reason we're here this this is the final track on this 12 a.m album it's the 12th track and uh phil why don't you do you want to chat a little bit about what the story is that that inspired this number getting back to the uh the song it's it's about this woman diana nyad who was well i suppose she probably still swims but she she had some success as a swimmer up until she was like about 30 years old she had done a number of things some world records and some firsts and and she she had done a lot of interesting things related to swimming one of the things she tried to do in her in her earlier life was to swim from florida to cuba I think her first attempt was in the late 70s. She didn't do that. Fast forward 30 years later, and at 60 years old, she's like, you know what? I'm going to try to go again from from Cuba to Florida. That's amazing. And yeah, and she failed the second time. A year later, I think she comes back and she says, I'm going to try it again. Third attempt fails. She she gets stung by jellyfish. She goes into respiratory distress. They end the swim saying, you know, we're not going to have you do this again. She's, she's swimming without a, a shark cage, which is pretty unusual because there's a lot of sharks and people have met their demise by, by doing similar things. A year later, she comes back at the fourth attempt. At this point, like she's, you know, in her 60s and she's she's training like for the whole year to be able to go from Cuba to Florida. And it's one of these things where it makes me think at what point do you just say maybe maybe it wasn't meant to be and just move on with your life. This woman kept trying and on her fourth attempt again at 12:55 a.m. On August 21st, 2012, they stopped the swim because there were a bunch of storms. There, She got nine jellyfish stings. These are not just the kind of jellyfish stings that, you know, you might experience. I've, I've had jellyfish stings. These are not the same kind of jellyfish. These are things that, you know, your, your whole... You people can go into shock because of these kinds of these kinds of things. So I wanted to write a song about the fact that you know she had basically given everything she could to try to do this, and she failed yet again. It's just an incredible when you think about the tenacity. Didn't she swim the English Channel? Uh, she, she may have, George. Yeah, because I, 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 I know I, I remember her name and I, I remember hearing that she was, same kind of thing, like, it, it, you know, she kept, but that's that's just, I mean, what an incredible in her 60s to be able to even attempt that. And so she never, she's, she never was able to conquer that, that swim. No, here's the thing. <laughs> so this is like a spoiler alert, but, 
she tried once again a year later in 2013 and and she did it so after that was would be what her fifth her fourth attempt her fifth attempt her fifth she, attempt she, she, did she succeeded that's on fantastic. her fifth attempt yeah that's amazing so phil in terms of musical style do you recall when you when you were starting to put this together anything in particular as far as you know what was what was really kind of moving forward in in terms of style musically for this one i mean to me it had to be something kind of down and kind of depressing definitely nothing that you could really dance and tap your toe to kind of thing and i remember trying to figure out like what am i going to do in this one section and and the the initial idea was to have somebody express it in a different way and when i first connected with gary i was like so psyched about about getting him to be on this record and yeah, I think when we met in my studio, I wasn't completely clear about lyrically what was going on. I think probably too, because Gary uses a lot of big words that I have to look up in the dictionary. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Phil, was this actually the last song that you recorded? I know it's the last song on the CD, but is it the last song that you recorded when you put everything together? Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the sequence. I think back then my I was very much into this idea of you don't start a new song until you finish the previous one. So along those lines, it would have definitely been the last song that I recorded for the album. Gotcha. At the at this point, I think as you know, I'm I'm writing songs multiple songs simultaneously working on different songs at the same time. But I, I wanna say that after I heard what Gary did, like we we came to an agreement of what he would do, and he 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 did it, and it was it it blew me away so much that I'm like, <laughs> like Gary, do you think you could maybe do a little bit more at the end too? <laughs> and uh, I remember, I think uh, Gary, if I, if I got this right, you you came to my house and. Um, and I think you just wrote the new lyrics right then and there. Is that right or not? It's it's possible. I don't really remember. At this point, it was a few years ago, right? Uh, probably three yeah. years ago now, right? My yeah, gosh. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to hear it. I think we should, uh, I think this is a good point to jump in and, and let's play it. Nothing left anymore. Track number 12 on 12 a.m. Thank you. 
enough to lift you up Losing all the things you've won Closing in but now it's gone There is nothing left Is nothing left anymore? Begin to fill your boundaries, the limits on your living, all this life with a pittance, with a pity to be cloistered and divided from your vision. And how should you presume when subsumed, swallowed by fatigue, sorrow, drifting down several leagues toward oblivion, soul stretched, taught over several miles, several hours, but it's over in the now. Short of breath, though short of death, spent every cent, every ruble, every bloodshot sclera, every dilated pupil pointing clearly to a future unforeseen. Not for me, pointing sternly to some dark eternity. Give a smile, take a bow, give your crown to the clown, blow a kiss to your pal in the clouds. Such is life, show your face to your fate, nothing more to be gained. There is nothing left. Is nothing left anymore? There is nothing left anymore. There is nothing left. Nothing left anymore In the absence of a goal, can we grow? In the chasm, in the void, is there meaning in the pause between the noise? When sucked into the deep, on the amniotic precipice of sleep What is seen, what is you, what is me? This flesh, this pulsing cage of meat A torrent of blood Taken by a torrential flush Am I dry after giving so much To rise new from primordial sludge To find peace with the origins of To give lease to a brand new Looking about the wet mouth of an empty cup A skull in which the buzzards buzz Some action of which nothing comes Is that enough? Wow, guys <laughs> That was fantastic Um... I, I I love it. I think it's it's uh, uh, Phil. I think you did a great job with this. Thanks. I, I've got a couple of uh, memories that came up listening to that again, which was um, Gary came over to 
to work out some of the details and of the track. And I remember I initially had um, in the beginning I had some samples of of a harp, and Gary to me represents a real authentic way of doing things. Whereas I'm happy to cut corners whenever I can. And, and I have no problems doing that. But I could just kind of, I don't know if it was part of the discussion or I could see on his face. I, I, I said, what do you think of the harp maybe? And he's like, ah, you know, <laughs> it's like other oh, samples. And so like I, after I, like, I had the conversation with Gary, I, like, I went and played uh, a real harp for it. And I presented it to Gary at some point and I said, you know, what do you think? He's like, yeah, you know, that, that sounds way better than, than these harp samples. I love that you just happen to have harps in your home. Which is awesome, yeah. you know. Well, they're handmade harps, but they're harps. And the other thing I remember is Gary is very much into real music, and a, a big part of that is jazz. I, I remember like playing something. I'm like, "What do you think of this guitarist?" And Gary's reaction is like, "Ah, you know, it's not, you know, it's not, it, it, it's not like West Montgomery, or it's not, you know, it's not like the real deal." So. I remember for his for that middle section where he first comes in, I, I wanted to change it up a little bit, and I tried to really like um, dig deep into like what can I do here that would you know be sort of acceptable to Gary and his ears, and like so I tried to play these very big um, kind of jazz oriented chords, and I think it it really helped the song along when I took that approach. And so again, I have Gary to thank for a lot more than just the more than just the raps that he did on this, but but for kind of making me look at the whole structure of the song a little bit differently. That's great. I really I I would love to. I hope you guys get to work together again sometime in the future. I mean I think there's there's lots to uh lots to be had there, but Gary, what a privilege to have you on the show, and and thank you for being our our first guest. Thanks for uh, you know, I mean, it, it may have been rough, but we we got there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I think we had a great time, man. Yeah, I I do like I remember Phil. You know, if you're playing out once once music comes back to being live after this crazy pandemic, uh, it'd be great to actually uh, sort of see you do what you do live. So, thank you again, sir. Yeah, no problem. It's been nice. Nice to talk. Always good to chat. Right on. Again, check out check out Gary's music on Bandcamp. Gary Lamar, L-A-M-A-A-R. Phil, do you have anything else, sir? Shall we kind of start wrapping this up? What do you think? Let's wrap it up. All right. I think that's it. Thanks for listening to the podcast, A Day in Music. I'm George DeMott with Phil Broikos and our guest today, our first interview guest, Gary Lamar. Thank you, Gary, again. Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Phil's music can be streamed and downloaded from Bandcamp. Go to adayinmusic.bandcamp.com. All social media, YouTube, and related links can be found at adayinmusic.com, as well as the contact email, contact at adayinmusic.com. This podcast is sponsored by iCast Audio, the home of our sound engineer, producer, and friend. He's awesome, Rich Goyette. Please check out their website at iCastAudio.com. That's it for today. From all of us here today in music, take care, everyone. 
All right, Phil, do you have a question for us? I have a question for Gary. A question for Gary. Uh, Gary, this song uh, dealt with a woman who got stung a lot by some really nasty jellyfish. Uh Do you have any memories of getting stung by either a jellyfish or any other kind of creature that, that made you very sad? Uh, I don't think I've ever been stung by anything. I get a lot of mosquito bites. Um, I've had experiences with bed bugs. So I've been bitten, but I've never been stung. That's got to be terrible. Yeah, it's not, it's not fun. I didn't, I didn't have them myself. Well, did we have them? I'm not sure. Oh no no no! We did we did have them. We had them at my house when uh, when I was younger, and we had to get the place fumigated. And it fortunately that worked. Oh my gosh! Because sometimes it doesn't work. But um, uh, yeah, so I never no never I rem- never stung but bitten. Oh my gosh! You know, Phil, I didn't. I know you didn't ask me this question directly, but. I do. When I was in third grade, my family, my mother, my brother, myself, and my dad, we all went down to Florida to visit some relatives. And we went to the beach, Fort Lauderdale. Uh, You know, I was a little kid. I was in the beach. And not only did I get horribly sunburned, like to the point where I couldn't move for the next few days. But when I was swimming, I got bit right in the upper thigh by a jellyfish. And, um, you know, no, nobody peed on my leg or anything like that. I was just in, it was, it was painful. It was pretty painful. So I am not a fan of jellyfish. What about you, Phil? Um, I, I was pushed into a baby man of war when I was, when I was in Florida, my brother pushed me into a baby man of war, got stung pretty bad, went to the hospital and sort of had a phobia about jellyfish but turns out uh many years later i overcame that phobia by swimming straight into a school of jellyfish and not getting stung that's pretty incredible what why, I know why is, did, did you, you why did you do that <laughs> because <laughs> because uh so in greece i would see them all around and i'd be like i'd be freaked out uh and and it's like I, I don't want to get stung. And people would say like, oh, they're not going to sting you. And I'm thinking, how is this possible? They're not going to sting you. And But every time I saw one, I'd be like, I'd try to jump away. Until finally, I'm like, you know what? This is ridiculous. Like, they're either going to sting me or they're not going to sting me. I'm just going to, I'm going to go in with my mask straight through and see what happens. Jellyfish completely all over me, all over my body, did nothing. But yeah, I guess you got to know like what kind of jellyfish you're dealing with. Sure. And what what is a baby man of war? Is that a type of boat? Um, so a man of war, I think a man of war is a kind of a jellyfish. I, th- this is just what I, I was told at the time or whatever my memory was when I was, you know, seven, eight years old, maybe. But a man of war is a very dangerous kind of jellyfish. So uh, I was lucky that it was a baby because had it been like a full grown adult man of war, I think it could have been a lot worse. 
Did, uh, you know that uh, Leonard Cohen song where he's like, Man of Peace or a Man of War? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to have to look it up. Oh, okay. All right, guys. Gary, it's been fun. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. All right, George. Nice to meet you. Yeah, good to meet you, Phil. Love you, man. And uh, hey, we're going to be back. Take care, everyone. Stay safe. Bye. Yeah.